And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. Um, so today, our episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. I'm Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC and one of your co-hosts for the Startup Hustle podcast. And I have to tell you, we have a we have a fun, sexy time episode planned for you today. I am so psyched for it. Um, so so I have I have met this guest a few times and have just been so intrigued. Um, just very eager to talk to SX Noir. And SX is president of Women of Sex Tech. So we're going to be talking about a lot of really uh, fun and interesting and really important topics today. But SX, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm absolutely happy to be here. It's um, it's a it's a sexy conversation. If you think um, I'm, it's not it's not super sexy actually, but it's uh, real and important and about sex. So I guess sex makes it sexy sometimes. Sex I, th- isn't always- I think so. I think so. Like I mean, I yeah. do. We are gonna delve into, as you said, some important topics. We're gonna we're we're gonna explore the serious side of sex. Um, but that being said, like, I, I think we're in for a, a titillating 40 ish minutes here. So, so, so thank you so much for being here. And I'm going to just, I'm going to hop right into it. And the first thing that I'm going to ask is, is that general question, but SX, why don't you just, why don't you tell us about yourself? I, I want to hear about you. Totally. So, um, my name is SX Noir, pronouns she and her. Uh, I am actually from Kansas City, Missouri, which is interesting because that's where Lauren and I met. Um, And I've been in New York for a while um, and I just work in the sex tech industry. So my work specializes in the intersection of sex work and sex technology. Um, I've been an activist, an organizer, a host of many things, uh, uh, the Jill of all trades, they say. And uh, I just... I'm very happy to be here talking to you all today. I think this is definitely a different audience than who I'm normally used to talking to. So I'm looking forward to just kind of connecting some dots about how the sex tech industry is truly expansive in the next untapped trillion dollar tech market. Um, and so, you know, to give context into why I got into the work that I do and like all the things, you know, cause the first question I typically get is what is sex tech, you know? Um, and I think sex tech is the 
the use of technology to enhance the human experience of sex. So that is pretty damn expansive because it means uh, several things. So when we talk about sex tech, we have three different kind of categories that we put it into. Uh, one, the, one of the ones that's really growing and big right now is the health and wellness sector. So this is sexual wellness, sexual health. So this has everything to do with, for example, um, our reproductive health. Um, and this also has to do with telehealth and also um, just kind of the wellness that's really growing. We are now seeing a, a surge of people navigating wellness as far as like going to fitness and yoga and, and uh, taking time for yourself to eat healthy. They're also including their sex life and sexuality into that, which is a whole new thing, which we're really excited about. So that's kind of the first category of sex tech. Um, the second is entertainment, which is um, arguably the best and my favorite, where this is where we talk about virtual reality. This is where we talk about um, potential of AI. This is where we talk about um, the future of AR, you know, the, all of these different kind of technologies with gaming. Um, and this is where we get into pornography, um, the, the future of sex robots, if it's a thing, um, and all of that kind of thing. So anything that we're navigating with our sexuality and entertainment is really exciting. It's a very, very big market, historically so. Um, and so that's awesome. And that's where I kind of entered in with the industry and I can get into that later or whatever. But, um, you know, I was very fascinated by the labor rights, not fascinated, but um, passionate about the labor rights of those who are navigating um, the entertainment of sexuality and sex tech. And so that's where the intersection of sex work and sex tech comes into play when you're thinking about my work and, and the bigger picture of it. Uh, so then last but not least, we have um, kind of a catch-all here where it's like arts and culture and just general innovation around technology. Um, oftentimes within the sex tech industry, we have a lot of people who are truly pioneering the industry right now, right? So there tends to be a lot of just building things from the ground up uh, around technology to make something um, happen that, that we need. So this can be a direct-to-consumer product. This can be a digital space. This can be um, certain particular types of fintech and all sorts of things. So um, that is what the sex tech industry is. And so I am the president of Women of Sex Tech and Women of Sex Tech is an organization of women and marginalized genders pioneering the sex tech industry by bringing more professionals into the space and building community. So we are not unlike Silicon Valley or TechCrunch or hoping to be where we are just bringing together um, the most marginalized in the space so that we can not only have more authority but have more opportunity by providing each other community and resources and and just there's a lot of um barriers to entering the industry and we just want to lower those barriers so that we can all get a piece of that trillion dollar pie as women rightfully should have so that's that <laughs> so, so i i love that that was so much to unpack and i have like a million questions so so the that's first me. thing yeah. The first thing I want to ask you, I want to kind of get to to the crux of the matter, or what I think might be the crux of the matter. Um, you know, I was going to ask why women in marginalized barriers, and you kind of you you touched on that. You know, these are are folks who want to get a piece of this significant economic pie. But let's talk a little bit about some of those barriers. Why, why is it difficult for, for people, women and people of marginalized genders to enter, to break into the, the market? Great question. Um, I, so to be clear, 
I think the future is a future that is inclusive and that means absolutely everyone. The reason why women of sex tech exists is to simply give space, right? Extra attention, more resources to those who we know just have more barriers. And so some of those barriers, um, I wish I had all the statistics in my little brain right now, but I don't. Uh, but we know that women get less than 10% of VC funding. <laughs> we know that yeah. in the industry, women are not represented. We know that women often don't have a seat at the table. And then we talk about women and then we talk about marginalized genders. And this is all of our um, transgender community, our gender non-conforming, our non-binary, the whole lot and everything in between. Whoa. I mean, this is, it's almost obsolete. It's very rare that we're seeing that in those rooms. And so when we talk about, um, creating tech and innovating tech, and we see so little women actually in the room, it means that they are lacking resources. It means that they are lacking the support that they need to be able to enter this industry and be successful. And so this is why we wanted to create a space uniquely for the specific barriers that we face. Um, you know, we are, we are mothers, you know, we are um, business owners. We have so many different things that we are, that we are attempting to do that, um, men just haven't had the same challenge. Now, this is what we need right now. And the, and the future, like I said, is, is very inclusive and, and it does include men, but we have to understand the barriers that women face, um, entering the tech and tech, tech world. Um, yeah, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's, I mean, I, I, I love that. One of the questions that I want to ask you, because because I would imagine that when people think of sex tech um, and the, the predominant user, a lot of people might think of people of the male persuasion um, because they're, I, I mean, I don't know, I, at least that's what I think. Um, and mm -hmm. so I, I want to ask you, because I feel like the future of sex and sex tech has the, has this huge opportunity to really, really, really help women, non-binary folks, you know, transgender women, like experience sex more fully. Um, and, and so I wonder like, how can sex tech benefit women of people and people of marginalized genders? Totally. Um, you know, that's a great question. So, and I'm probably going to say that after every question, because I think a lot of questions are great questions. So if you're listening, yes, I, that is like a happy <laughs> Hey, I like uh, the validation. Being, so, so thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, especially when I'm being interviewed. But so here's the thing. So there's sex tech and then there's also femtech. I don't know if you've heard of the concept of femtech, right? Yeah. And so if anyone's on TikTok, I'm obsessed with TikTok right now. And I made a really funny TikTok. And it's, uh, if anyone watches Family Guy who's listening, so the sound is um, um, the, the little baby boy. What's the, the boy's name? I, I forget his name. <laughs> He's going, um, Lois just texted. She asked, what do we want for dinner? Meatballs or burgers? I'll text back for you. Same shit, different shapes, right? Femtech and sex tech are essentially the same thing, but women, fems, right, females, want yeah. their own sector of definition of tech why is this right um why is the why why is this why do why do they need a separation from it because again they they want more focus on things that deep, deeply impact women in the tech sector sex tech is truly everyone sex tech is everyone sex technology is everything <laughs> it's everything yeah. I think, you know people and this is why i mentioned earlier the um 
oh, I'm sorry. I didn't explain the TikTok. Basically on the TikTok, I said femtech and sextech, right? It's the same meat, different shapes. It's the same, it's the same thing. Uh, and if it's femtech, it's most likely sextech. If it's sextech, it's most likely femtech. Um, and so when we, when we talk about it, sextech, it's actually everyone. And, uh, and it's natural in the way that we've been socialized in the way that we see sex, right? Portrayed in technology, we automatically think, well, men, men, Men run it, men do it. It's all about men. Men are in charge there, right? And there's yeah. some, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna get super uh, into it why that's the case today. But let's just say um, we live, I'm gonna say it, y'all. I'm gonna say it in a patriarchal society. So therefore, oh. <laughs> when we talk about sex, we think, oh, men must have a, a lead in that. They must be in charge somehow, some way. They must benefit from it more than women do. We can absolutely talk about how technology is closing the orgasm gap. You know, we can talk about how women are coming more in bed because of um, vibrators. We can absolutely talk about that. But we can also talk about how people are having more children now due to the technology around IVF. We can also talk about how we have um, companies like VDOM who are coming up with prosthetic penises to go from a flaccid to erect um, in a not only entertainment setting in a, in a, in a you know, that kind of setting, but also a health setting, a, a prosthetic, a literal prosthetic, right? So sex tech yeah. is far more reaching than just watching pornography, which we absolutely love. Yes, go, go, go. But there's more to sex tech than that. There's more to sex tech than having an orgasm, for example. Uh, it's a truly expansive industry. And so we see sex tech being the leaders in a lot of different concepts. For example, NFTs right now, huge concept. Everyone's non-refundable tokens, non-refundable tokens. Let me tell you right now, the people who are going to be the guinea pigs for that are the people in the erotic and adult industry, because those yeah. are going to be the first innovations around NFTs, right? Serious innovations where we're actually using it socially for real, for real, because sex leads innovation in the tech space. And so I, I think I'm kind of um, having a long-winded answer here, but I guess my point is this, is that while men have historically been in charge in technology places and and, and also places like MindGeek, right? Conglomerates like MindGeek, um, the future um, is truly an inclusive future when it comes to sex tech because we see a lot of women innovating in this space, which is why women of sex tech exist, right? Yeah. And so, so it helps. It helps. It helps. Um, the the qu original question was, I, I'm getting off on a tangent here. The original question was, how does sex tech help women in marginalized genders? Um, and the most clear ways that I've seen it is that um, because today in our day and age, we have more women entering the tech sector. We have more women being invested in. We actually see technology that we want to see. Biggest example, Bumble. Bumble just went public, right? How much there, they had a billion dollar IPO. That is a literal proven concept that when you give women money, you give women access and the, the, the um, opportunities to create, they will create and they will create something that, that blows up the market. And that just shows the true potential of what it means when, when women can create what they want to see. And that's just simply, that's just social, right? That's just a way of, oh, let women say something first. Oh, groundbreaking billion dollars, right? So when we think about it that way, um, we're just going to see more and more innovations that create more social spaces um, and sexy spaces for, for women and non-binary and, and everything in between to exist. Yeah. 
No, that that's that's absolutely amazing. And I and I hope all of our listeners at home, like we we are fully supportive of closing that orgasm gap and helping helping more people experience more joy and more connection and more good sexy times in bed you know or wherever you choose to 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 do the deed so so i want to ask you a little bit about the stigma because i think because i i've looked at like your your instagram and i've looked at some of your social media accounts and one of the things that i really love about your work is your activism you are not only you know you're you're not only operating within this world but you are actually working actively to break down boundaries and to and barriers and you you really it seems and correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like you want to normalize conversation around these topics around sex around um you know around gender sexuality fluidity um and i i just i think that's super cool but I want to so the first question that I want to ask you down that little rabbit hole is, is there a stigma attached to what you do? Oh, hell yeah. Well, we all know yeah. that. So what's yeah, well, I, all right. So, so that, was, like, know that. that was the foundational yeah. question. Like you have to ask the foundational question, but then yeah. the, the follow-up question is, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? What does that experience look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't mean to be like, Oh, I was, it was more like sarcastic. Like, of course, we know, of course, yeah. we know. <laughs> oh, it was more sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, because I guarantee you right now, you're going to get more clicks on this interview for the simple fact that it says sex in the title, regardless right. of what it's about, because people are going to be in this space, the innovate her case, Casey space, you know, the full scale space, the, the startup hustle space, and they're going to go sex. Whoa. Yeah. How can that be related? And some people may go, absolutely not. Or, Ooh, that's interesting. Right. Um, the, the future is the people who are interested in it, not the people who are rejecting it. So, you know, I would say this, there's a lot of stigma around sex. And I, and I love that you brought up the activism element of it because, um, I have a podcast as well. It's called the thought leader pod T H O T leader pod, where we aim to destigmatize and demystify conversations around sex tech by interviewing people in the industry. And so we really have a very empathetic approach, um, where we just give background to who this person is and why they're navigating what they're doing and what they need in this industry to be successful and what they hope to see for the future. I think that's really important for the sex tech industry to show how truly expansive it is. We have people from all sectors of life who, who touch the, the, the industry of sex tech. So I did an interview recently with Trist and Switter. And um, Trist is an advertising site for sex workers that's based out in Australia. Uh, And then they have a Switter that is um, a Twitter that is hosted on Mastodon. that's just kind of, it's awesome. It was a de- it was a direct response to something that happened in the, the community, the sex work community. And they really stepped up and provided some much needed resources that, w- that was um, needed for social communication and also advertising. Now, I say all this to say that they faced so many boundaries just because of the fact that they were dealing with sex workers. And so when we talk about the sex tech industry, we have to, we, we cannot ignore the fact that sex workers are like at the very brunt of every single, every single margin that the sex tech industry faces. Um, and, and that is, and that's because of stigma as well. So yes, this is a labor rights issue. This is a feminist issue. This is a social issue. This is a human rights issue. It's all of those things. And because of that, it just has so much stigma to it because people feel so 
um, righteous about their sexuality and and what others should be doing with it. And that's at the core of it all, right? Yeah. And so we, when we are trying to survive and when we are trying to just live our lives and have healthy working conditions, people have a lot to say about that. And so it it's it's difficult to really innovate for me in the industry without fighting for the people who need that help. So I guess the the best example I can give is to, I guess, to keep it clear. So there was, um, you, you cannot innovate the sex tech industry without being an activist for those who are the most marginalized in the industry, which are sex workers. Boom. That's the sentence. That's the statement. That's the headline. Okay. You just be in it. Like it, it's true because best example. So um OnlyFans, right? OnlyFans yeah. came into to the market. Ooh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Also approving the concept that sex tech and sex um is real. It's a real industry that you can actually enter and you can grow and you can make a shit ton of money from it, right? And so in 2018, there was a bill called FOSTA SESTA that was passed. Uh, this was an American, this is American legislation that was passed. Um, and basically it was a legislation to stop online sex trafficking. Um the way that the bill was worded and the way that the bill was implemented, it actually did not stop sex trafficking whatsoever or child sex trafficking whatsoever. But what it actually did was it um, it amended um, Section 230 to basically say that if anyone is hosting sexuality content on their website, that they are then, as a website, personally held responsible for what's being said, and they can be sued, and their website can be taken down. Um, Backpage was the first website to be taken down from um, FOSS SESTA. So okay. back page meaning the like classifieds where you can often find sex workers. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. So this happened in 2018 and I'm stay with me y'all. I'm, I'm going to get it there. So this happened in 2018. <laughs> so this is when I actually entered the sex tech industry because I became very aware of the discrimination against sex workers in digital spaces. And please mm-hmm. understand that that's just how it starts. And then everyone else's, it's a ripple effect and everyone else is impacted. And so FOSSA SESTA absolutely has had an impact on our current terms of service on most major social media platforms, including Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, et cetera. Um, They, you cannot post nudity. Well, that's a given. That's always kind of been the case in America. You can't post nudity. You cannot post anything around sexual, anything sex, sexuality, whether it's education, whether it's talking about tech, whether it's talking about um, anything. And so we see a complete ripple effect of the the impact that sex workers have on our society in the technology realm, if that makes sense. And so that is where I entered the industry because I'm thinking, hmm. How can we really grow as a culture and as an industry when we are still criminalizing people for simply existing? And the same thing that's happening in physical space is echoing in digital space. And so I really did care about this community. And I and I stepped up and I just started being more vocal when I was in rooms and people are talking about technology and people are talking about sex tech. I go, OK, well, what about the people who are doing the labor behind it? What are their rights? Um, how are we yeah. going to sure that the people navigating this site are have privacy and security because that that's important and that matters to me and so the it, it's difficult because there is a lot of stigma um but it's also just this fight is so much bigger than me that i i just it's okay so what you know like and yeah. it's funny 
because like I'm, I'm back in Missouri now and this is really a wild conversation for Missourians. Like I, I definitely am like very cautious when I'm, um, cause you asked me like how I deal with it. You know, I'm, I'm very cautious. Um, whenever I introduce myself to people or introduce myself to, to, and talk about these concepts, I definitely do not dive right into every single thing that I do because people can be very, um, reactive, um, when they yeah. hear about the, the labor rights of sex workers or when they hear about anything around sex or, or technology being combined, it can be very um, affronting to people. So confronting, affronting, I don't know which word, but it can just be very shocking. And so I, I say, oh, they go, what do you do? I go, oh, I work in tech. And they go, oh, that's so cool. What kind of tech? I go, oh, I work, you know, and um, I work in sex tech. And then they go, oh, okay. And then I just kind of like feel Is out. Is kind of like that that deer in the headlights moment where they they look a little uncomfortable and they don't really know what to what to do or say? Yeah, and I think it's also, it's just a combination of things. I think that people aren't used to, for, for one, Black people or, or Black women, um, they aren't used to those people being in the room with them. So when I step into certain places or I step into certain things, they, they're already kind of affronted by like, okay, this person, what's this person going to say? And then when I say sex, they go, oh, what's this person going to say? And they, it's just kind of like, they they aren't, they aren't, can't conceptualize me as a, as a person who has these understandings of what's actually going on in the sex and tech and and people can just be very um they can be just they can be amazing people can be great i feel i love like you are great like when we met i was like this is i feel very comfortable this is very great but it's just it's really interesting being back in missouri versus being back in new york where people just have different views and you just have to be cautious for your safety because um it's always a safe conversation to have and that's kind of like my own experience with being harassed online, my own experience was just kind of like people being very um, outwardly violent toward me. Um, so that I just kind of have certain layers. That's like a, that was like a real pivot there, but I'm just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, and, and, and I, I wanna delve a little bit more deeply into it, but first I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a moment and I do just want to acknowledge today's episode sponsor. Um, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by uh, fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Um, and they, they do amazing work. Um, if you need to, to bolster your software team, um, you know, cheaply and effectively and efficiently, Fullscale is the way to do it. Um, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to dive in here because, because, because there was a lot to, like, what the hell? And I think it's, I think it's because you, you said a couple of things that really stuck out at me. And so, so one of the conversations that I have on a, I wouldn't say frequent, but I would say regular basis, um, is the fact that when we're talking about sex work, particularly as it pertains to feminism, the thing mm. about sex work is it most often impacts the, the most vulnerable of us, you know, for a lot of people of marginalized genders, for a lot of people of, you know, people of color, um, you know, people who come from pretty, pretty tough socioeconomic circumstances, like those are, statistically speaking, those people, you see them more often involved in sex work. Right. Because because it is a it is a way out and it is a way up and it is a way to survive. And so when I, I just want to kind of frame the conversation with that, like with the understanding that when we attack sex workers, not only are we attacking sex work as an industry, but we are also attacking people who are vulnerable and people who deserve 
protection. Um, and so I, I think that that's like a really important part of the conversation. But yeah. so, so in your activism, mm -hmm. when you are serving as a, a representative, a voice, mm -hmm. an advocate, mm -hmm. um, you, know, you, do, you do this all very well, but I want to talk to you a little bit about how you do it. Like talk to mm -hmm. us tactically, you know, what are some of the things that you're working on and what are some of the ways that you're trying to like increase that visibility? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I was going to bring it back to that, like, why bringing the whole activism matters within having a startup, within being a founder, within growing a business, right? Um, yeah. And what that visibility does and how it helps and how it doesn't help. And that's kind of like a little bit before our commercial, a little bit of a snippet of like how it doesn't help as far as like sometimes mental health wise, it can be really difficult when people harass you or all those kind of things. But on the other side, you know, it's absolutely helped me become the president of my organization. The Women of Sex Tech was founded in 2015, and I kind of inherited this beautiful golden nest egg of an organization because I was so outspoken about the things I cared about, because I organized actions, I organized marches, because I showed up at the panels, because I showed up at the events, because I showed up in those you know, Zoom meetings that only three people are in, but we're talking about how policy is going to change this technological aspect that's going to impact us all. You know, I think for me, it gave me the space to be able to really go for what I wanted. And right now I'm on the in the process. I have an it's a my women of sex tech, we are, we are membership based organizations. So we have membership fees and we do events and we have a job board and we have these different um, revenue streams. But one thing we're realizing is that people who were involved in sex tech really do care about the activism level of it. People really do care about the legislation and the governance and the censorship and all of these things. And so yeah. having me as the lead, they say, Oh, okay. That person seems to know how to organize. That person seems to know, understand what scarcity mindset is that person seems to be able to have not only the patience but the perseverance to see this out and so we're going to stand behind that and so in a, a lot of ways it's helped me it's helped me break barriers and and ways that I probably wouldn't have before if I would have went to you know a, a college I don't have a, I didn't graduate from college I did go to college I studied abroad the whole nine but I didn't get a degree you know this what I've experienced from just being on the ground and caring about something and this goes beyond just a Twitter post or or a Instagram video or a really funny TikTok this goes down to the level of like the the being on the ground in this community and that took me making sacrifices moving to new york you know hustling you know that's that's the basis of my whole thought leader thing you know i had to hustle and so when you mentioned earlier about sex workers and them being people who need to be protected because they they are from marginalized identities you're absolutely correct because we do live in a capitalist society and there's a lot of people who have some gap to make up because they can't survive under the structure we live under and so right. you're absolutely right that tend to be by POC people. That does tend to be people with lower socioeconomic status, um, the most vulnerable, right? So yeah, that was a really great question. So thank you for well, that. So, so one of the things that I, I find so weird about mm -hmm. the sex industry in general, but sex work <laughs> in particular, is there is clearly a giant, giant market for it. Hmm. Like we, I mean, it is billions of dollars go into the sex industry, yeah. and it, it, but it's, it's an industry that everybody like secretly wants to take advantage of and wants to buy yeah. into, whether that's, you know, 
buying porn or, you know, availing yourself of a sex worker, like whatever that looks like for you personally, people want a piece of the pie, but they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to admit to it. There is a, a, a lot of things happen behind closed doors. And so I think the work that you're doing is really important because why? Like, I mean, if we all want to let our freak flag fly, if we all want to enjoy sex, talk about it openly, you know, find mm-hmm. different ways and mechanisms to to increase our orgasms and our, our, our sexual health and our sexual well-being, like these are all really, really great things. Yeah. Why are we not talking about it more openly? So the fact that you yeah. are you're you're starting these conversations, you're shining a light on these conversations where they happen. So I think the work that you do is absolutely crucial as we move okay. forward as a society and we move away from this moralistic um, hesitation to honestly talk about sex. Well, and that's what it really is. You know, I think, you know, and again, I I failed to touch on the expanse, the true expanse of the sex tech industry, you know, because my intro to it was because of sex worker rights, but my passion does lie behind a lot of things, which, um, you know, we have this knee-jerk reaction. I talk about it in my podcast, and Cindy Gallup, uh, the OG of sex tech, talks about it often of this, like, knee-jerk reaction of, like, oh, I want to invest, but mm, I'm more of, I, mm, I'm scared. I'm into it, but I'm scared of what everyone else is going to think, and so that's a huge problem part of why people do have this activism thing in sex tech because you you are inevitably you entering this industry means you're standing up for something that people have a very difficult knee-jerk oh I don't know reaction to and so you have yeah. to kind of have a little bit of thick skin to to get into it um and we want to make that again that barrier as low as possible but it's true no matter what element you're doing in the sex tech industry there's some level of stigma attached and that's why we believe it's important to have you know spaces for women and marginalized gender right so that we can talk about that and work through that um and and work on a more inclusive future and i have like a week i very much am like obsessed with um the future of uh virtual humans like that's really the future of virtual humans and the uh cryptocurrency that's going to surround them i'm like absolutely fascinated by because we all um live in this duality of physical and digital space and like when you think about it it's it's kind of actually easier to think about it like in in sexual terms because like for example like digitally we all kind of navigate our sexuality in a much different way than we do physically um so like whether you're on a dating app or whether you're watching something that you you know really like that you paid to watch or whether you're in a vr virtual reality with someone else um you're more open to explore parts of your sexuality we found and fantasy we have found than like necessarily you're in your physical life. So, um, and the money that surrounds both of those worlds, I'm absolutely fascinated by, but that's kind of, that was a little bit of a spiel too, but. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, this is, this is by above all, this is a platform for you to, to talk about what you do. So, so totally, totally here for it. Um, you know, I do, I'm going to, I'm going to take it back for just a second. Cause I, okay. I wanted to acknowledge something, okay. um, but you know, one of the things that I find really, really interesting about this conversation is so mm-hmm. earlier you actually hit it on the head. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you, I'm just going to, I'm going to give our listeners a, for instance. So <laughs> In 2020, the most listened to episode of the Startup Hustle podcast was with a woman named um, Kristen Thomas. She has a, a sexual wellness consulting company called Open the Doors Coaching. 
everybody wanted to listen to that episode. Chris, so not only, like, people are very interested. They see sex in the title. They're like, click, click, click. I want to watch that. But here's the thing. Not only are we personally and morally hesitant to talk about sex, but the thing that drives me crazy about poor Kristen is, so she does, like, these workshops where she talks about the clitoris. And she, you know, like, instructing women on how to deepen their pleasure during sex using the clitoris uh, you know working with partners of folks you know talking about that every single time she tries to post one of her events on facebook or on social media oh that gets ripped down immediately and she has to find all of these workarounds and so so she's not even talking about sex in a quote unquote vulgar ugh, i hate that term uh sense of the word she's actually talking about sexual wellness being in touch with your body like all of these really beautiful things and so not only is she dealing with that personal moralistic objection but she's also dealing with very deeply embedded systemic issues to overcome like these are systems that we have put in place we're going to make it harder for you to do your job because you're tangentially or even directly talking about sex. And it's it's ridiculous. Like, it just, it drives me crazy. So I wanted to kind of circle around and, and just mention that because I, I, I'm going to ask our listeners to get real reflective on that. And, and you know, maybe, maybe you're part of your journey, dear listeners, is to become an advocate for that. You know, it's not fair. It's not right. Listen, <laughs> um, don't even get me started. Like everyone <laughs> today, they're like, if she says sex work one more time, but this is what I'm talking about. But this is what I'm talking about because it doesn't just impact that that sector of people. It impacts all of us. It impacts the person who's just a coach trying to teach women how to empower themselves by being able to masturbate. Can't even use it, right? Can't even use advertising platforms. They can't find it. it. You know, the, her audience can't find her because legislation advertise legislation that passed in 2018 to impact sex workers is impacting everybody in the sex industry. That's my point, right? It's a ripple effect. When you do not protect the smallest, this is what happens. And so that's why there is this background of activism I have, because I find it very important because that's the only way to fight these things. You know, when I have meetings with Facebook and when I have meetings with Twitter, they say, this is what they say. (laughs) They tell me, they go, yeah, we know, we know. We don't want it to be this way, but the legislation, the way the law, the way the government has written this legislation, this is what we have to do. I'm not kidding. This is real, right? So that in the sex tech industry, there's just this duality of like you fighting the, the big guy and you fighting the other big guy. You're fighting big tech and the government at the same time, exactly to these moral and ethical hangups around sex. And that's absolutely what we see. On TikTok, you can't even, on TikTok, they are, they will take that shit down faster than you can even refresh it. Um, there's so, if it's around sex education, sex health, any of that, because they claim that they have no way to tell if it's obscene or not, but that's just actually really not true. And so when you talked about vulgar vulgar or obscene or whatever, right, what we're referring to is, I don't really like to use those words because they kind of have a negative negative connotation. Well, and they're so subjective as well. No, I, right? What I is agree. vulgar to one person is completely fine and normalized to someone else. But I think we need like a new, and, and Cindy Gallup talks about this as well. And I and in the second episode of my podcast, we talk about this. We need a new definition of adult content. We do, because adult content is not actually what it is, right? So um, we need a new definition of what actual adults need to be seeing around sexuality and what everyone can be talking about around sexuality. And so, yeah, you're right. I should not be scrolling and seeing actual penetration or things of this nature or, you know, no, 
no, I agree. But now you have someone who is just trying to create a business and trying to create more better in this world and can't because of very restrictive terms of services that are held by big tech, held by these, these huge companies who dictate so much of how we socialize around sexuality. They dictate so much of how we create and what we create and what we do and how we share it. And we have to acknowledge that. And we have to acknowledge the fact that maybe it's actually okay. And that maybe we're being socialized to believe it's negative because of these terms of service on these big platforms like Facebook and, 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 um, and, and TikTok. Yeah. To bring it all home, you know, the, the question, I, I think the, the title episode today is uh, how sex tech is changing the future. Yes. And I think, you know, based on this conversation, like for me, the, the answer to that is we are democratizing access to sexual wellness, sexual empowerment. Um, you know, we are looking to a future where everybody is fully actualized as a sexual being. It's a very huge part of the human experience. You know, we are acknowledging women and people of marginalized genders in this space. We are looking to a future where talking about sex isn't, you know, it doesn't have to happen in hushed whispers and behind closed doors. And so I think all of those are amazing things. And I'm, I'm about to ask you the human question. Okay. Actually, your human question is going to be a little bit different. Than what? Usually, usually I do like the silly thing, but I actually, I really want to get your beat on this because I think it'll be <laughs> super interesting. Okay. Um, so I want to talk to you, like, what are some cool innovations that you're seeing in sex tech right now? Like you've touched on some, but let's get, let's get a little specific. Talk to us about the cool shit that's happening. <laughs> so I brought it up earlier, but this VDOM, this VDOM, I'm pretty, I'm kind of obsessed with VDOM right now. So VDOM is in the Kickstarter kind of startup phase where they're fundraising right now. Uh -huh. Um, and they are a, it's an underwear right now. It's a prototype. It's an underwear. And it is a literal prosthetic where the, they have a anatomically correct penis that goes from flaccid to erect. And I'm like kind of geeking out about it because like, first of all, I don't, Listen, I don't know what y'all do. Who's listening? I don't know what y'all do and don't do. But when you use um, the current strap-on technology, it's really just kind of bulky and just kind of like you have to go get it and then you come out and you already have this. I don't know how, I don't know what, where are you about to put this podcast? I don't want it to get blocked by what I have to say. But anyway, you come out and you're, you know, you already have like this erect penis and it's already like, let's go, let's put it in, let's do it. But it's like, actually the process of sex is a little bit more natural. It's a little bit more like having this idea of like arousal being represented within the toys industry is really kind of exciting. And like, I don't think we have much out there that's like it. And this idea of just being like out for, out for dinner, and then you're like, okay, I want to go play right now. It's just like in your bag and you can just like pull it out. You don't have to have like a backpack or all of this uh, equipment. Um, so that sounds like really cool. And then there's also this dildo company I've been really into called um, Monsters Dildos, Monster Dragon, Dragon Dildos. Oh God, let me go through a dragon. <laughs> oh God, I know the name of it, but um, Bad Dragon, haha. <laughs> Bad Called dragon bad. dildos. So what? Bad. So what are bad dragon dildos? Um, they're actually like these incredibly. I wish I had. I normally have like little examples, but they're like these incredibly 
soft um, dildos that are really awesome, but they're like anatomically not human. So they're like octopuses and and dragons and like all kinds of things, which I really love because I feel like, you know, people always ask, I don't know how much time we have. I'm not, I'm going to answer this real quick, but people always are like, the future of sex is sex robots. They're, they're human, they're humanoid robots. And I'm like, no, why would you want to just go have sex with a human? I want to have sex with a dragon. <laughs> I want to have sex with a, you know, I want to six, you know, an eight foot blue person. And from there, there, there's our caption. I want to have sex with a dragon. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. Um, and so, yeah, those are like some really fun, cute things. But, you know, we also have some great, you know, reproductive assault reporting, awesome, cool things happening that way. But those are like funny entertainment things that I like. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that is that is awesome. And I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to sit and talk with us today, to be so candid, to be, you know, thank you for the work that you do. This has been this has been awesome. Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you so much. And y'all um, have a good one. You can find me everywhere um, at SX Noir, SX N-O-I-R. Um, and you can find my podcast, Thought Leader Pod, T-H-O-T Leader Pod, streaming everywhere. And yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much listeners for taking the time to, to listen to, to us today. Um, I hope you got a lot out of the conversation because I know I sure did. Uh, Also want to thank our episode sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably, and also helping to power the Startup Hustle podcast. Be sure to check us out on the Startup Hustle TV on our YouTube channel as well. And we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.